Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. The goal of my show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you, and get you in the right mindset so that you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. My name is Kong Shang, and I am the host of this show. The goal of this show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you to act, and get you in the right mindset so you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Now, today's guest is Terry Tillman. Terry lives a life of service. He supports people in their quest of what they want by encouraging spiritual development, providing personal coaching, and facilitating growth. Through his company, 2022-7, Terry conducts seminars speaking to groups of 50 to 15,000 people worldwide. He produces, designs, and facilitates leadership training for organizations and individuals while coaching executives of all nationalities. As a result, participating people and organizations clarify and experience more of what they want out of life. Terry. Welcome to the show. Let's check in. How are you doing? Thank you, Kong. I'm, I'm good. You know, I That's great. Check in moment to moment. This moment's very good. That's awesome. I love yeah. to hear that. Now, before we started this episode, we were just talking about just um, some of the, 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 well, not into deep, uh, not, not in deep dive, but just daily habits that you do that, that that ties into longevity, health, spirituality, and can can you share with us just some of your daily habits? Sure, yeah, glad to. I'm um, I, I've never been interested in longevity, quite honestly. I am interested in the quality of my day to day life. Uh, you know, while I am here, however long, I want that to be good. Um, where do I start at the end? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've I've uh, I've been was once introduced as a recovered businessman. <laughs> I would not be alive right now had I not made some drastic changes, and I know that. You know, I'm now 80 and healthy. You know, I run four times a week. I can go out and run an hour and a half. I hike, you know, a few hours every weekend. Um, so I would, and I have a very healthy lifestyle. But it wasn't always that way. I mean, I, I well, I'll show where I started. I don't think there's people, very many people this extreme, but I was smoking two or three packs of cigarettes a day. An insomniac, you know, I mean, two hours of sleep a night was good. Uh, breakfast was donuts and coffee as I was dashing out the door. Uh, you know, I would have a few drinks at night to relax. Uh, you know, I would go, go more and more, bigger, faster, growing type A entrepreneur of six companies. Um age 35, I closed it all down, did an about face and went into the world I'm in now to, to where now um, I teach people about health. What the heck is that? Do you hear that? A voice just came on my... No, I don't hear that. Oh, okay. Well, I just shut it off, but that's weird. <laughs> um, well, there's also a lot of woman technology, so your work is really important right now. <laughs> with that example you just well, just illustrated well yeah, I, I am having more and more people come to me to ask about health 
um, I, I was paralyzed from my waist down. I had two orthopedic surgeons tell me I'd never walk again. I do, I walk, I run, I'm fine. But my only thought was, well, then you can't help me. I got to find somebody who can. <laughs> and starting from there, I, you know, I recovered. I, I healed myself and I learned a lot about health. So anyway, what do I do? Well, so, so before, before we cover what, what you do. So I, I love your mindset about if this doctor can't help me, I'm going to find someone who can, or I'm going to find resources or tools that's going to help me. How did you have the courage to think outside of the box when so many people would just listen to their doctor and say, that's it. That's right. it. Well, that goes to the essence of the work I've done and what I teach. <laughs> okay. Uh, I call my work inside out leadership. Most people are looking out there, you know, like you go to the bookstore, health, self-help section. There's a billion how-to books. Mm -hmm. To me, that's backwards. It, it's not how do you do it? It's what do you do? Right. And that all starts, you, you mentioned earlier, I do a lot of work with purpose, but who am I and why am I here? And in search of that answer, somewhere inside of me, I... I, who I, the body, not, we're not just a body, but the mind, the emotions, the soul, all of that aligned knows how to heal it. It's natural condition is health. It's, it's well, you know, the soul is doesn't have any sickness or illness or whatever you want to call it. The heart, the essence, the, you know, the, the words, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just knew that. I, I knew that my body knows how to heal itself. And what did I do to interfere with that natural health? Uh, it, you know, I, like I asked the doctor, I said, what caused this? And he's, he's, I was running marathons at the time. He said, all oh, you're running on hard surfaces. And I said, no, I didn't cause it. And he said, look, I've seen hundreds of cases like this. That's what causes it. And I said, well, that might be the catalyst, but it's not the cause. It, what, what he said happened is my, my low back, L4 and L5 discs, the the, the uh, vertebrae the disc compressed rubbed against the sciatic nerve and severed the sciatic nerve like a rubber band mm -hmm. and he said nerves don't regenerate you know mm -hmm. well that was his belief but i knew the body knew how to heal itself it knows how to do that you know if i cut myself the scar that forms first of all it heals <laughs> but the scar that forms is stronger than the skin around it so not only does it heal it makes stronger and that's the, the body knows how to do that so, you know, he said it was the running on hard surfaces. And I said, well, that might be the catalyst, but it wasn't the cause. I said, why was it my back, not my hip or my knees that went out? Why was the weak spot where it was? He couldn't have that conversation. I mean, it was just out of sight of his framework. And yeah. so I, you know, I said, all right, <laughs> let's go find somebody else. Well, and I did heal myself. Nothing special about me other than I did it. But there's thousands, tens of thousands of people who've done similar things. And I met some of them. Um, so I've seen in my seminar work, you know, I started doing general public seminars back in the 70s with a company called LifeSpring. That was you know, a lot of this, the work people do today grew out of LifeSpring and EST. EST is now Landmark Forum. Uh, but, you know, way back there when it began is when I started working with it. And I've seen a quadriplegic get out of a wheelchair and walk. I, I'm, you know, I don't mind saying this is way I'm saying this because you mentioned outside the box. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll explain what, let me go back to pin that. I want to go back to that. <laughs> um, I've seen a quadriplegic twice, get out of a wheelchair and walk, never walked before in their life. I've seen somebody levitate. 
I've seen black and white hair turn to black in about two minutes right in front of my eyes. Um, I've seen through solid objects. You know, I got my conscious. To, it, so this is people say, oh, yeah, that's impossible. Well, no, it's not. No one can tell me my experience isn't valid or true. It's my experience. But through some of these things, I, I saw, you know, anything's possible. I mean, in my my world, anything is possible. You know, anything. I mean, could I fly? Well, it's possible. <laughs> Do I know how? No. Do I want to learn how? No. But is it possible? Yes. Mm. And it's just, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And, and, you know, what we do know keeps expanding and keeps mm -hmm. changing, you know, what they call science. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you go back, I don't know, go back to Galileo, you know, the Galileo frame of reference changed with Newton and the Newtonian frame of reference changed with Einstein and, you know, all this stuff, nothing goes faster than the speed of light. And now quantum physicists have found something that went faster than light. And what's next? You know? mm -hmm. So where's the boundary? Right. I don't know. You know. Yeah. I've probably seen about seven or eight world records set in track and field. And, you know, watch that. It's like, where's the end? <laughs> well, what is that quote? I can't remember who said it, but said that, you know, we are spiritual beings just having a temporary human experience. Yeah. And I, I really believe in the law of the universe. Um, I believe that we are infinite beings and we're just living in a real in, in our virtual reality, which we call physical reality. And that we, when our physical bodies are no longer here on earth, that there's another dimension that will enter. I don't know what it is. I can't, you know, give the specific details of it, but through my own personal growth development, what I found is that I feel more powerful, more synced into my core essence when I, I'm able to understand that what I experience here on earth is only temporary. For example, I've had some uh, major life challenges, um, you know, as it relates to my career, my health. Um, and both of those situations have taught me that whatever life throws at, at, at me or at us, that if we're able to tap into this, this energy or this universe, I don't know what it is, um, either through meditation or some work of spirituality that we're able to think beyond what our limited minds uh, can take. And so you couple that with also the fact that my mom is a, a shaman uh, and she does spiritual work. Um, it's really giving me an eye-opening experience in terms of, you know, what we experience is, is, is only what the eye can see, but there's so much more. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, do, do, um, <laughs> You, know, you and I are both interested in leadership. If you really want to learn about leadership, this is where it goes. Mm -hmm. Now, with most of my business clients, I don't start here. Mm -hmm. But more and more I am. I, I've been teaching meditation to businesses for 40-something years now. 
But if I would have called it meditation 30, 40 years ago, they would have kicked me out the door. Right. Really, that they, it was too weird. So I called it a stress reduction technique. <laughs> <laughs> that was they wanted that, you know. Right. Um, so you know, I start wherever they are. But since you're going here, this is the essence of it. Anybody who goes into you know self development, personal growth, leadership, whatever, if they keep going. It's going to take them to some level of spiritual study. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to go into the invisible, and the brain mind cannot go there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't go that far. So we got to go someplace else. And you know, most people would recognize that someplace else is intuition, uh, innate ability. You know, um, follow. You know, follow your heart. I mean, something that's not mental, right. not brain mind mental. And yet we, most of us, you know, grew up going to school where the, what was emphasized was the brain mind. Right. And, you know, and most of the education wasn't really education. I mean, it was, it was read this or listen to this, take notes, remember it, memorize it, repeat it back. You know, mm -hmm. right. uh, you know, that's not, that's not it. I mean, this, this is all, this is all relevant to uh, leadership because the, the really good leaders know this. Or, or they're, you know, they they come from here, whether right. they talk about it or not, and 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 then their work stands out, their results stand out, and we start noticing them, you know, and in business too, you know, I I have like, you know business examples where why did they excel when the competitors didn't? Mm -hmm. you know, you What's got, your definition? You look of here. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish What's leadership. Talk. Um, I don't know that I have a definition, what, what I call my work inside out leadership, and I'm not teaching people how to lead other people. I'm teaching them how to lead their life at the highest state of integrity and uh, alignment with who they are as possible. And the people who do that are like a magnet. Others want to participate. They're drawn in. Uh, you know, it's a natural thing. Now, everybody has this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just they're trying to they're trying to be a square peg in a round hole like they're trying to do it somebody else's way instead of their way right and, you know so in my work is all it's said so many ways but integrity follow your heart uh, do what you love uh, beyond purpose mm -hmm. um, so as you're working with your clients and you're going about your day interacting with uh, leaders out in the field what do you see are some of the biggest challenges facing them? Well, just that they're not in their integrity. <laughs> they're not. Um, they're not being who they are. Mm -hmm. They, you know, like I asked when I, I've never marketed or promoted all my work's been in referrals or introductions. And I figured out a while ago that, um, I know they're interviewing me to see if I can do what they say they want, but I tell them I'm also interviewing you. It's got to work for both of us, you know. Right. It's and, a win-win situation. Yes. And if we can have that conversation, well, we continue. If not, so part of that is I, I ask them, and not always these exact ways, but do you do business as a relationship or a transaction? Which is your priority? Right. And sometimes I have to say it differently because I want to discover what's their priority. And if their priority is only objective, I'm not the guy. Mm -hmm. um, the good leaders first, it, it's, you know, 
one of the biggest compliments I ever got, and it was one of the biggest clients I, I had, and you know, I know you've worked with some big consulting firms. I don't mean to belittle them because they do a lot of good work. I mean, this is a great field we're in. <laughs> right. And um, but one of them started calling my work with them uh, our people first project. And I never I didn't say it that way, but they recognize the priority here is the people. I did say to them, happy people are productive people. And then we have that conversation. What does that mean? And how do you, how do you be happy? And, but it's true. Now there's studies backing that up. I mean, it's not just some grand theory. I mean, there's plenty of evidence that, you know, testing that shows productivity increases. I mean, the whole field of positive psychology has blossomed into that area now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we were doing this a long time ago, 45 years ago. Um what I just got off track. What we? <laughs> no, you were talking. We're talking about the the, the challenges of, of leaders and 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 yeah. So this is it. They're so overcommitted, overworked, and focusing on the objective result. And you know, if they're a public company, they all they all say how how they got to you know next quarter reports got to show improvement. So they're thinking is short term. Basically, from my perspective, their their priorities are off. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, and there's pressure with that, and and so people don't perform well under stress, and yet there's this they, they've created these stressful environments. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I was I telling you this? I I te I've been teaching my business clients meditation for 45 years, but I call yeah, it stress reduction. It. Stress reduction. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, the pauses are as important as the action, but they don't think they have time to pause. <laughs> And um, this is their biggest challenge. They may not identify it that way. They may talk about some level of competition or the rapid rate of change or technology improvements or keeping up. I don't know. But something. But the real thing is a human. The real challenge is human. Mm -hmm. And you know there are and the the leaders. You know CEOs, presidents, senior vice presidents, managing directors. The the, the leaders who start to work. And I don't admit anybody who's really. 100% with this. <laughs> it's just the intention is to get better in the areas the principals were working with and move toward them. And, the, you know, just with that intention, improvement happens. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, uh, and it's practical. You know, one of my, I go in and I do, I, my forte is, is experiential learning. You know, the principles I work with, I don't, it's just not theory and it's not diagrams and formulas and all this it's i i set it up so they get to learn themselves and they even put their own language on it but i do it's experiential and in my business trainings i take them out and retreat and i do one day outdoors mm -hmm. and it's in you know set up different experiences that are, that are great opportunities to learn so they learn the principles and i think there's only 12 of them <laughs> it's about as much formula as i have but, but it, <laughs> they learn these uh, just organically comes out of the experience and then the you know the facilitating and debriefing and stuff we do mm -hmm. and now they have a power, powerful reference it's not mental theory it's not something to remember like can you tell me Covey's seven habits I can't and I've read the book twice <laughs> you know it's like I've met Covey he's dead now and I know his son but I can't tell you mm -hmm. you know but I can tell you what I've learned uh, from my wilderness trips or, you know, from my experiences. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I have a degree in economics and finance from Stanford. The content of the course, I don't remember almost anything. It's almost all gone. Mm -hmm. But what I do remember is some of the experiences I had there. Right. You know, what I learned about discipline, what I learned about friendship, what I, you know, learned about uh, just going through the process. Mm -hmm. What What are some of the, if I had to ask you, the top three things that leaders should focus on to be more effective what would you say you, you put different words on it but i would say first loving love yourself and love others now most business people aren't saying that well the more and more of them are now right but it, it you know and, and like subsets of that are caring compassion understanding Right. Uh, empathy yeah kindness so uh, in that category that to me is primary the soft skills of leaderships yeah the hard skills are anybody can do it mm -hmm. i mean you can learn math and you know how to prepare a spreadsheet and you know how to read a financial statement and you know or whatever and how to conduct the study or whatever you mm -hmm. can learn that anybody I, not anybody but you hire people. To, if you're a real leader, you 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 bring in other people to do that, so they can learn how to do that, so that then they can move on to the next steps. Uh, so to me, it's all soft skills. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the valuable ones. Now, do I know how to read a financial statement? Yeah. Do I know how to build spreadsheets? Yeah. Do I know how to, you know, investments? Yes. But you know, that was just a step on the way to leadership. So what else? So, you know, loving, well, I covered a lot of it under that. Um, see, I, my mind doesn't work that way. Like the seven habits, the four this is the seven bats. The, yeah. Well, I wouldn't, of course, want uh, to list out seven traits that leaders should, <laughs> should yeah. have. But three is usually the general number that mm -hmm. um, the average person would. I'd say the way I say it, another really important way is the way I said it's where you look is where you go. So focus on what you want more of. You know, I, I had one of my clients was a manufacturing company. I'm not going to mention names. I don't know why. I don't have their permission to say all this. But but international companies at the time, it was like the 64th biggest company in the world. They manufacture stuff. And I was working with their senior people on leadership skills. Well, and they liked what I was doing. This is extending on and off over like a 10-year period. And I was out at one of their plants one time and they, we, no, we weren't at the plant yet. They, one of them said, do you ever do any work with safety? And I said, well, I could, <laughs> you know, I hadn't. And they said, well, come on out to our plant. And we, we're having, we're having a real problem with safety. And we've had three deaths in the last Kendall. year. And um, so we, we drive out to the plant. It's this huge campus. You go through a gate in the guard and there's beautiful landscape lawns, a few acres of landscaping, and then drive down this windy road, beautiful properties like a park. And then the first thing I see is a great big billboard. And it says, um, blah, 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 uh, 120 days without an accident. And the 120 was this little card you could take off and put on a new number every day mm. or every week or something. And then they're going to drive me on into their offices and into the factory. 
And so I, I first thing before I saw the name of the company, you know, they, most they they have some big sign that says whatever the name of the company is, you know. Before that, the first thing I saw was this billboard thing about how many days be, without an accident, and I said, I know your problem. And uh, I said, well, How do you know? And I said, I can tell you right now. And so we we went in and continued. Well. I want people to learn experientially. So I set up an exercise, a process where they see this dramatically, but the, the result is where you look is where you go. What you focus on is what you create. And it's for most people very unconscious. So by putting that sign up there that said accident on it, they've got a constant reminder of accidents. Where you look is where you go. So I did, I did my exercise. I showed them where they learned the principle of the, the importance of the unconscious focus. And it's dramatic the way I set it up and they can't believe it. But once they finish, it's, oh my gosh, you know, I, I can tell them the words. They'll never get it like going through the experience. So now they've had the experience and now they're ready to pay attention. And now I show them how to apply the principle and why that sign is leading them where they don't want to go. You know, that's leadership. They're leading people to the very thing they don't want and they don't even know they're doing it. So what do we do? Focus on what you want more of not what you don't want. So then we do some work to, you know, what is it you want? How would you know you've achieved it? And then we change the sign and their focus and posters and all that. So the focus is on what they want. They want safety. They want health. They want happy employees, whatever. And we put that in front of them instead of reduce accidents. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a simple thing. It changed everything. I the la I like I was almost two years later. I was back to the plant and how are you doing? They said we haven't had an accident in two years. Wow. What changed? Their focus. Mm -hmm. That's not hard. <laughs> well, it, it's not it's not hard. It's not complicated, but it's a challenge to develop the new habit. Right. And so we got it, we got to support them in that and set it up so that's supported. Right. It's the habits, the systems. The processes that really are going to reach this particular company into their mission and i think so many of us on a you know um unconscious level do focus on things that we really don't want because our mind is shifted to the things that you know that are wired to focus the things that we don't want if that makes any sense oh I mean, yeah our, our mind is you know is wired to look for the neg negativity because that's our survival um you know um that's how we survive back in well the it, it, there, yeah there's the innate survival um Instinct. biology even that we, we came in with but they're also the, our education i mean think about it um starting in grade school you know what what you had a paper and you turned it in and what came back red marks on it right what was pointed out was the mistakes you made not great job terry for like you know instead of you know you know you got 80 percent right but they focus on the 20 percent you got wrong mm -hmm. now it's not one or the other but did they ever tell you that talk to you about the 80 <laughs> percent right no, we, so we, we I go on and on with examples, but in our, our education, the focus was on don't make a mistake, mm -hmm. don't fail, you know. 
Right. So you, but when really failure failing is actually our greatest learning opportunity. That's where we grow. Absolutely. It's part of the process toward where you want to go. Right. But we grew up being thinking that's bad. Avoid it. And like just what I said, don't fail. Focus on what? Fail. Right. You know, every parent's had this. I mean, is this, are we doing a video thing or an audio thing? It's both. It's both. Okay. Well, this is video. <laughs> I, I'm holding up anything, but I just grabbed a pen. Every parent's had this experience, almost everyone. I've never met one that said, I've, you know, don't spill the milk. I'd let go of the pen and it dropped. <laughs> right. Why, every, every parent. So why does the kid spill the milk? Not because he's stupid or clumsy or disobedient or rebellious or uncoordinated or something. No, they mm -hmm. spill the milk because a parent doesn't know how to give a good instruction. Mm -hmm. You know, don't spill the milk. The, the image is spilled milk. Where you look is where you go. Right. Instead of, you know, hold on tight, drink the milk, put it down on the table. In other words, what do you want? Mm -hmm. This simple principle, you know, if I, if, if, I taught this to any organization, and have to be a business, any group, any person. That's the that's the one most practical thing I've found in terms of producing what you say you want. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I that reminds me of a book I read during my graduate studies. Don't don't think of an elephant. That's the mm -hmm. title. Like I can't remember who it, who is uh, the author is, but essentially, if you read the title, don't think of an elephant. People think of an elephant immediately. And, that's one of the things I've used for 40 years is, you know, that's right. probably someone who can. I'm not, not the only one who does that, but they probably came through one of our courses, you know. Yeah, yeah. We would, te we would teach them visualization, you know. We teach them how to get in at least an alpha state, slow slow down, most creative state. Um, and then we, we would lead them through a, a we'd call it a closed eye process but a guided visualization and a lot of people say well i don't see i don't see anything when i visualize and then we give the elephant example you know right okay close your eyes don't think of a elephant wearing a pink pink hat a purple polka dotted tie with nike running shoes on everybody knows what i just said even if they didn't see it so how did you know that right However you knew that is, you know, I'm going to call it visualization, but whatever that is in you, it works. Right. Would you consider vis visualization as a third uh, leadership trait that leaders need? We kind of covered love, which ties into caring, kindness, empathy, and then talked about focus. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think is uh, the third principle? Well, is it a principle? But the importance of the principle is where you look is where you go. The importance of focus. Right. Um, yeah, I've never listed all this. I, I have principles I work with, but that, that would be a high one for sure. Right. Um, and, and there's a lot more to be said about it, but, you know, focus, perception, uh, self-talk, whatever, but it's intention. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know it's huge it, yeah so but what's the what's the outcome and define it how would i know i'm there and hold that as the focus mm. the intention and one of the things i teach is not how to do something but what to do mm. first you gotta what is it i want what's my intention and get very clear on that and start moving toward it 
now somewhere along the way you learn some hows but there's gonna you know from from if i want to go if i want to get from i'm in los angeles or you if we want to get from here to let's say seattle um how are we going to get there you know so the intention is get to seattle now most how many intentions how many methods are there how many ways could we get there hundreds i mean you know well i could go make a plane reservation and find the non-stop and fly or i could change planes in san francisco or i could take a train or i could drive a car or i could hike or i could you know if i go into seattle do i go north yeah well could i get there going south yes <laughs> in other words i could come up i could keep going and come up with hundreds of ways to do it mm -hmm. if i only focus on the way i may be missing the, the optimum approach mm -hmm. right you know what uh what inspires you to do the work you're doing today You know, what inspires me is what inspired me. The very first, uh, you know, I jumped into what was called the human potential movement. I, I went from type A workaholic to this self-development person, you know, whatever, leadership training, whatever I am. Um, and what moved me back then was my heart opened. It, I'm sorry, I, you... My heart opened. Mm. I started connecting with the people, people strangers. Mm -hmm. And... That's just, you know, it's like if you go to, a, uh, you know, I told you I'm 80 and I have a seven-year-old son. I'm not normal and <laughs> never have been and don't want to be. But anyway, I'm watching kids' movies a lot these, these last couple of years. <laughs> and some of them are really good, like Toy Story, the Pixar stuff. Yeah, they're, they're heartfelt, they're moving, and they appeal to something that's in every almost every human. I mean, I think that's why they're so successful. Mm -hmm. That's what inspires me in this work, just seeing people in, uplifted and their lives get better. And as they lift, I'm lifted with them. You know, and I'm, it's, it, everybody's got to find their own thing. You know, mm -hmm. the most enduring advice is do what you love, love what you do. Mm -hmm. This is what I just, I loved. I, I feel like I've been on a 45 year paid holiday. <laughs> really? <laughs> I've been in 101 countries. I've traveled the world. I've met the most interesting people, challenging work, but I see improvement. I, the result of what I do, I see some improve. I see something better as a result, and that's just very rewarding. Mm -hmm. You know, What's I worked in Israel. I mean, extremely. I've worked all over Russia. As communism was was falling. I mean, it's been amazing. Wow. But I worked in Israel, and I did a seminar one time with the Israelis and the Palestinians in the same room. Wow! There was a metal detector. And as they entered the room and there was a table with some guns and knives on it outside the room. And, and you know, you've seen the news about the conflict and the hatred and the animosity. I, when I walked in and they were seated on opposite sides of the room. And when I walked in, I almost walked out that, that, that it was palpable, you know, the negative, the hatred. Uh, it was a three day workshop. And after about a day and a half, they were hugging each other. And some of them had tears in their eyes. I could, I have so many examples like that, um, but people are more alike than they are different. And once they connect at that level, it's wonderful. Right. You know, I spent a period of my life working toward peace. Mm -hmm. uh, so what is inspires me that kind of stuff? 
not I made more money once and own an airplane and stuff that didn't inspire me mm-hmm. you know it's uh it, it sounds like you found your calling and you're continuing on this path to to leverage your abilities and make a greater impact in the world and it sounds like there's a sense of fulfillment through your work and it also sounds like you're an individual that of course you know you know like all of us you know money is nice to have but that's not your core that's not part of your core essence your core essence my understanding based on what i've heard from you so far is the wanting to make an impact in in connecting all of us together because we're all humans through our core um you know abilities and 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 also through the common uh commonalities that we have which is that we all want to be loved and be treated with respect and dignity and uh be seen mm-hmm. you said a key word there a calling you know I, i'm just finishing up a book the title is the call <laughs> who am i and why am i here and you know, my you're right. I I I had a call. I answered it, uh, and it's, it's led to all the good things that I've had, and mm-hmm. avoided a lot of bad things I didn't want. <laughs> right. But and everyone's you know that call. I you've probably heard um, many are called, but few are chosen. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard that, I thought, well, I guess I'm not one of the chosen. I haven't been called. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> well, what I found out is everybody's called. Not everybody answers. Right. It does take some courage because the calling might lead you in a direction different from what you thought you should do. Mm-hmm. But until you find, or another word is purpose. You know, what's my purpose? Do I have one? If we don't find what that is, we're off purpose. And we won't have fulfillment, happiness, and results we want. So that, to me, is such a key. Right. Yeah. Right. And and that's the intent of this podcast is really to produce content and get people exposed to it so they can start thinking about how to live their life with intentionality and purpose. What I hate to see is people not living not not stepping into who they are and what they're meant to do in this world and to pass away with gifts still inside of them that they could have used to bring help put a, a positive impact in this world and it's so valuable having you on here terry because you certainly have been through a lot of life challenges and have wisdom and experiences that uh, you you know you have shared with us um, but you're also part of this community that I've created to inspire people to really um, live out their authentic versions of, of themselves um, and and that's one of the reasons why I admired you um, and why we instantly connected is because of your, your leadership work and just the vibration that I received from you um, is that you know you're you're on purpose. You're someone who's authentic, and you're you you're 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 wanting to make an impact in the communities that you're a part of, and we all can use a lot of that, especially 
in a day and age where technology has really stripped a lot of people of um, what really does matter. Like, for example, you log into Instagram and there's all these products that, you know, that people that are being advertised to people that they should buy because, you know, companies are making them feel like they're not enough. Uh, there's filters that you could use to, you know, to make sure that your, your photos are presented in a, in a, in a, in a way that is, is what people would perceive to be positive, but it's really misleading. And so there's all of these distractions that is stripping us away from what truly does matter, which is that, you know, um, you know, we have a calling and we have to answer that calling. We have to have the courage to step into that calling. They, we have to have enough self-awareness to step into that space of what we're meant to be um, to really, you know, shine our, our, our light in this world. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, through all of this, um, I, I can say that if we're, we're, if we answer the call and we step into our purpose, that life will be more meaningful and impactful and uh, fulfilled. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's not the products that's going to make us fulfilled. It's not our car or house, the, you know, the amount of money in our bank account. What truly matters is, you know, our impact in this world. Um, those are things that money cannot buy. Um, and we have to ensure that we're on this path and that we're focused um, and that we have enough self-awareness to, you know, acquire the skill set in 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 mindset and in the people that are already doing this type of work to help us get from point A to point Z, so that we can, once we leave this earth, that you know we can say that we're you know there was no regrets that we've answered the, that call, whatever that call is for us. Yeah, you said a key word, courage. It does take courage. It the the, the you know what is the the concept is simple it's not easy and it does take courage and it takes support and i don't know anybody could do it all on their own that's why there's the coaching worlds has sprung up so big but some way some level of support you know um one of the things i did that was really smart in line with what you just said that is informed my life and impacted and i i use it in my work um you know, when, so, so people listening are probably going to say, yeah, well, I, I want to be called. What's my call? What's my purpose? I want to live on purpose. I want to be happy. I want to, you know, contribute. I want to, but how do I do it? How do I, you know, I haven't been called. What do I know? Where, how do I find it? You won't find it where you are. You got to go above where you are. You got to expand the context. And when I was, you know, I, I think I said this, I was a type A workaholics entrepreneur. I started and grew six companies and it looked successful, but I didn't feel successful. I was dying inside, worried, stressed, not sleeping. And I didn't know what to do. You know, this is back in the late 60s, early 70s. And I did a smart thing. I, I went to a retire. I thought that if I could just find some older people who've been down the road ahead of me, uh, maybe they could give me some answers. And so I went to a retirement home and I spent a whole day talking to maybe 10. They were, I think they were all men. I don't remember, but 
you know, and I would ask them, you know, what have you learned? What's the most important thing you could pass along to me? What's the secret to life? You know, right. <laughs> and I'd have these conversations and um, I could still visually see some of the faces. You know, these were people 60 to 90. And uh, I don't remember any like a secret to life. Exactly. But what I do remember is every single one of them talked to me about regrets. Mm -hmm. and dominantly like like you know um i never did see my son's baseball games i was so busy growing my business uh one guy said i always wanted to learn to play the piano and now that i've got time to do it i can't do it look at my hands are all arthritic mm -hmm. i never got around to writing that book i wanted to write i mean they would talk about what in other words what didn't see my daughter's ballet recital you know, they talk about things that now they realize are important. But back then, when they were busy earning their money or being dutiful or, you know, something that they thought they should do or had to do, they didn't get to do what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I realized right then, I'm on that track. I'm going to be 90 years old looking back. Or I, probably, I won't even make it to 90. I mean, you know, and if I don't change something now, I'm one of those guys with regrets. Mm -hmm. And it was about a year later, I closed down all my companies. Now, I, I got to tell you, it takes courage um, and some degree of naivete and innocence, you know? <laughs> because everybody around me was telling me what a mistake I was making. Family, business associate, business partner, every one of them. Mm -hmm. I'm, trying, I'm hard pressed to think of someone who said, good choice, Terry, go do it. Right. Now, where I was going to, there were a couple new people I met there who were encouraging me, mm -hmm. but the people in my circle and, and courage, you know, the word courage comes from French core. Heart. So it's, you know, follow your heart, right? Trust your heart. Right. It isn't, it isn't plan it out and think about it and be logical at all. There's nothing logical about it. Right. And, and so that's why it takes courage. Right. You yeah. Know? That's you so don't cool. get the answers ahead of time. There's no guarantee. There's no certainty. So it's risk. But well, in the process, I had a wise grandmother who used to say, the journey is the destination. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But see, what I've just said makes sense to most people. Are you going to do it? Probably not, unless you have some support, some encouragement, or unless you're this rare person that self-initiates and already knows how to, you know, so people want, they understand it, that way they, they comprehend it. They don't understand it until I've done it. <laughs> right. Uh, and they they well, that makes sense. I want to do it. Okay, well, do it. Well, how? Okay, take a step. What's the step? Mm -hmm. you know, listen to Kong's podcast. Uh, listen to the next one, you know, hire him, uh, you know, <laughs> get some support. Find out what, what you know. And it's trial and error. I teach my little boy all the time, trial and error. I mean, when he was three, when he learned to ride a bicycle. So I introduced trial and error. He now loves trial and error. <laughs> At his young age, failure is no big deal to him. <laughs> right. He fell off the bike a few times and kept going. And right now he's really good in gymnastics and he's making lots of errors. <laughs> and he's loving it, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's uh, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I, you know, we talked a lot about 
you know, intentionality and uh, in, 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 in purpose, but we didn't really define what that is. Could you help our audience define what purpose is to you? Everybody has a purpose. And I do a little short thing in some of my seminars where if I, if I ask the group, would you like to know what, you, would you like to know your purpose in life? Every hand goes up. Uh, you know, do you believe that you do have a purpose? Not all the hands go up, but most of them. Okay, you'd like to know. You believe there is such a thing. Uh, let's let's set it up so you can just you, you can know what your purpose is. <laughs> they think it's got to be a long, involved thing. Um, I'm gonna I'm coming at this a roundabout way to answer because I'm not going to define purpose with a dictionary definition. Mm -hmm. That's just mental, right? Purpose, the way I, I go at it is, so, okay, they want to know their purpose. And so I have them stream of conscious. Now you got to get them in a certain state. And I, I, I'm shortening this. I can create the state where they're, they're centered, they're present, they're aligned, they're, they're congruent. And from there, stream of consciousness, make a list of all the times in your life that have been the most joyful, the happiest, peak experiences, uh, highest awareness, most most um, intelligent, just the top things in your life. You don't have to write paragraphs, just a few words or a phrase so that you know what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, child born or got first place in the race or, you know, whatever. Um, just popped in my mind was my first sexual experience, you know. <laughs> I mean, what? but whatever. Um, make that list. I can easily look at that list and I see right away what their purpose is. Why? Not, but it's got to be in their words. So I have them look. Do you see what those all have in common? Mm -hmm. And that's your purpose. Because the nature of purpose, instead of what, you know, what defined purpose, pur my purpose is, if, if when I am on purpose, I am happy, joyful, intelligent, perceptive, uh, kind, considerate, loving, compassionate, all the good things, because that's the nature of purpose. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and when, when I do this with a group of people, um, there's usually kind of a gasp because <laughs> they realize oh, I haven't, I'm not on purpose and I might have to make some big changes. Mm -hmm. I might have to quit this job and go find another one. <laughs> you know, I might have to, oh, maybe this engaged, this woman I'm engaged to isn't the right one. You know, or <laughs> things that, wow, it's, it's can be scary. Uh, right. So that's a lot of the work is support the comfort zone. You've heard that phrase. I'm the guy who developed it in the way it's taught now. And that's a whole nother talk. But my whole work is to get people to edge of their comfort zone and support them past. And so by by its nature, there's a period where it's not comfortable. <laughs> it's right. Yeah. It's it you have to have the courage to transform your life to live on purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's in 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 how you're you've taught and continue to teach these leaders, uh, you know how to be on purpose to live with purpose to show up with intentionality is all great work and I, that's a phenomenal impact 
because once they're able to acquire that mindset and acquire the skills necessary to change, it trickles down, meaning their teams will follow suit, their division will follow suit, their organization will follow suit because people look at their leaders and how these leaders show up is how people will show up. And so yeah. no, it ripples out for sure. We're all connected. And it doesn't have to be the guy on top spreading it down. It could be anybody, each person. Right. And it, you know, and the, the more aligned they get, the more purposeful they are, the, the more, you know, they work the principles. Mm-hmm. It spreads to, you know, like it could be the, the father. It could go to your child, your wife. You know, and then it goes out to the their orbit. And then, you know, it ripples out like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I do a lot of work to, to eliminate the top-down command and control systems that are so worse, more prevalent in business, still there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, Terry, I want to be respectful of your time. And this is, has been such an incredible talk. Mm-hmm. Um, any parting advice you'd like to share with my listeners? And also, where can they find you should they choose to connect with you after hearing about this episode? Yeah, I usually respond. I, I'm, I, I, my uh, email is probably the best thing. Um, I get you can put it somewhere in there, right? The show notes. Okay. Yeah. T Tillman at 227company.com. They won't remember that for me saying it, but if it's written wherever they find this, then. Yeah. And I, I respond. Um, I've had periods where <laughs> I wouldn't respond because there's too much. But right now, you know, I'm doing COVID slowed everything down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Terry, again, thank you so much for showing up for this. And I appreciate your time. Uh, truly admired your work and your impact. Um, and I uh, am just, just happy that we got connected and, um, and having you on on this show means a lot to me and also to the people that listen to the show. Um, you're part of Maui community of purposeful individuals wanting to make an impact in in, in their own communities um, in ways they you know they're able to and know how. And so I want to thank you for your presence, the gifts you've shared with us today, um, as well as your wisdom, um, which is greatly needed in today's society um, in order to shift you know people's mindsets so that they can really truly go for the things that actually matter most um, in their life and in Terry um, thank you appreciate it yeah well thank you Kong my pleasure this is what I do and uh, if you weren't here and an audience somewhere or a client somewhere I wouldn't get to do what I love so <laughs> my pleasure yeah Amazing.